And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. Hey, how are you? I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July. And yes, this is Robert Rose. Welcome to episode number 383 of This Old Marketing for Friday. That's right, Friday, July 7th, 2023. And with me as always, as he always is, my pal, my colleague, and a guy who's definitely having a better week than Elon Musk, Mr. Joe Polizzi. I think a good, I, oh, I definitely am. Yeah, good. All right. I, 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 as long as we settle been, that. It's been a weird, <laughs> really, really strange week. Yeah. I, well, it's, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to just start the show with a giant I told you so. We'll get to that. We'll get to the I told you so part. You got to um, remember, my, my memory is not good. <clears throat> I, I see. I, yes. Uh, but we can. Our wonderful audience will remind you. Yes, the audience is saying you. that I bet you something, but I don't, I don't recall. We're going to have to. You yeah, have to queue, you'll have to queue it up. I will for, for I whatever. Will. But first of all, uh, most important thing is you're now a year older. I am happy official happy birthday. Well, thank you. Yes, I hope it was. Real. You look fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. I, yeah, it is turning into a bit of a jubilee week. I will say that um, because of the way that the holiday fell this year, I've pretty much taken the whole week off. So you know, there's that. Is this, is this uh, different than normal? Well, yeah, it's I mean, it's different in the sense that the July 4th, it's it's normal that my birthday, I mean, obviously, the the way that the days change year by year. And, it's always you know, the same day. Every it's year. the same day. No, but what I'm Crazy. suggesting is, is that some days it's on a Monday, yes. the next year's on a Tuesday, and so on and so forth. And so normally, when the 4th of July comes, and it's, you know, a Friday or a Saturday or Sunday, the preceding week and the, you know, the 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 week after that is is you know, people are working. But when July 4th falls on a Tuesday and my birthday was on the previous Wednesday, it's like pretty much I took the two days after my birthday off and then took the weekend, obviously, and then the Monday and the Tuesday, because that's obviously the sort of recognized holiday. And now Wednesday, Thursday, nobody's really working because people are still on vacation from July 4th. And so now it's Friday and then we're back to the weekend. So it's, 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 it's an extended week this year than it than it normally is. Uh, yeah, I think that a lot of people didn't have a birthday and did the same thing. Yeah, yeah just, exactly. Yeah, which is why, by the way, I mean, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk at great length today about the Twitter uh, competitor of of Threads launching. I think it's genius that they launched it this week because everybody's at home and can play, right? I mean, it's one of those things where as it happened last night in real time, you could see everybody sort of on vacation, sort of having the time to sit and spend two hours with it. What's amazing is, is that we already have our threads address right here below us. I know. As we're, as we're yeah. recording this, this is fa- amazing. Yeah. Well, but, <laughs> well <laughs> all right. Thank you for that. No, that is not my threads address. Uh, that would be my Twitter address. Um, my, it's, it's it's not the same. You have a it, different. Th- now I do because on Instagram I got Robert Rose, and Who so is Robert Rose on Twitter. And why aren't they like? Well, I, I was going to say something else. I tried to get Robert you, Rose on Twitter. We've had this conversation many many I, times. Yeah, but it was two hundred episodes ago, and yes. I don't remember it. 
So you're not go. trying hard enough. That well, that's that's welcome to my life. That's what everybody says to Look me. Look at we um, wanted this old marketing.com and we went out and got it. And now we've yeah. got this old marketing.com. It's amazing. <clears throat> yeah. Everything old is new again. Yeah. I'm but I I mean we'll get to this obviously when we when we get to the stories of the show, but but uh yeah, I, I I will almost certainly be moving. I so there's there's, but anyway, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to okay, that. I, I'm fascinated. You're going to move. <laughs> this is this is great. Anything else we should talk about besides you know you turning a year older and it's just I mean I well the, yeah well the one thing we should talk about is you on a mechanical bull. I mean I mean speaking of photographs from the internet pics or it didn't happen i mean and let we should have pics of that um maybe sometime during the show you could pick up a a video or a or a or a short I, clip or a I picture probably of you. could have, yeah i could have yeah. put something and i actually have the full clip of of me on the bull and falling off the bull on facebook i shared three pictures i i of me sitting on there very happy yeah. like yeah sturdy and then one of me actually in flight is I was about ready to hit the the ground, and then the the last one was me on the ground laying there, defeated, but uh, but in a good mood. But in uh, my my ankles are tore up. They don't tell you, you know, you have to sign a waiver. Sure, you get on a mechanical bull, and I now I understand why. Because <laughs> I didn't even fall off with a lot of force. I basically just tipped over. Yeah, <laughs> so I fell off, and I'm like, I've got I've got all kinds of. I was bleeding. I was I was absolutely bleeding, but it was yeah. super fun. Just to give you the backstory on it, you know that you know we have a big Fourth of July celebration every year at the Politis. It's sort of our thing, and we usually we usually do one big activity. And a lot of years it was a water slide. We'd get the huge water slide, put it in the backyard, and then everyone <laughs> would just have a great time. <laughs> now, there's a we can go into a lot of detail about the water slide thing, but I really did not want a water slide because the backyard looks really nice right now and a water slide destroys everything of course it yeah, it's, yeah i mean there's nothing you can do about it um and so when we I were was, kids we had the slip and slide right you had the slip and yes. slide that you would lay down on the front yard and go slip and sliding all day long as a kid and but you pull that thing up and the yard is just trash oh, yeah. underneath yeah it's so just so a, that yeah. times 100 is what yeah. you get with this and when i say a big water slide i mean it's it's 50 feet long or yeah. longer than that i think whatever <clears throat> it's it's large it's a large balloon big enough that they have to come assemble it in your backyard it takes hours <laughs> to assemble and they blow it up and then right. the, whole, the whole thing yes yeah um, so i didn't really want to do that my wife was a little bit upset at me because i didn't put my foot down because we don't do that in this relationship but no, i said if good. i have a choice yeah. The backyard looks great. I really don't want to do this. And then we were at a festival, I don't know, a month ago or something. And there was a mechanical bull. And we both looked at it and said, that's the one. And of course, you know, my wife, she goes out there and and she rented it. And everyone got their turn. Well, I think I I was on it four or five times trying to figure out how can I not stay on this thing very long? I just couldn't understand. It looks so easy. Sure. Uh, Well, I guess, I mean... This is something that, you know, the, in, in Texas, by the way, uh, this that's a required class in high school is mechanical bull. Um, well, yeah, you, so, you took that class. So you would be I did. really good at this. 
I did. Yeah. I well, I don't know that I'd be. I, I mean, I'm sure I'm not good anymore, but I used to be when I was a, a youngster growing up in Texas. So you, could I could, be, you did the whole eight seconds thing and stayed. Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, not expert level, but but I mean, <clears throat> certainly. What's certainly the key? At What's faster the key to successfully staying? There's on? two. There's okay. two. I want to hear this. So one is to not fight it. In other words, you know, your your natural uh, is your natural inclination is to keep your balance. And so you you want to try and guess where the bull is going to go. So you're trying to keep your balance, but the but the key is to go just like turn into a you know turn into a noodle. You just turn into a noodle and you just you just like let a it raggedy go. Raggedy Ann. Correct. And then the second is to uh, and this is what they teach you when you're riding horses too is to stand tall. Don't sit. Don't sit on the bull. You you basically stand in the stirrups and so let there be like a. I don't know, a half quarter of or a half an inch between your butt and the and the and the and the thing so that you're basically you're you're sort of you're literally riding the bull. You're not sitting on the bull. You're actually standing in the stirrups. Got it. And so if you do both of those things, well, it's really it doesn't matter which way they turn it or how fast it's going because it's sort of going underneath you, right? The bucking action is sort of going underneath you and it's much more stable down at the low lower by the stirrups and so you're just basically what you're really then reacting to is the uh uh is the turning is, is when it turns so anyway those are the two keys wow you should you should teach a course on this i should do a ted talk you should do a ted talk <laughs> mechanical bulls welcome thank you for coming to my ted talk so anyways, those people that yeah. are thinking about doing this, here's my, my review is <laughs> great for a couple hours. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we would necessarily do this again. I think it was amazing. It was like, but it, it's not, I don't think anyone um, is, is longing to do it again. No, I guarantee you there are some people from your party that have lower back pain today. I, yeah, I guarantee there's, you. Yeah. There's a couple, uh, yeah. Major knee. We've got a major, yeah. major knee incident. The, the person listening to this will know that I'm talking about that. It was a, we heard it pop. Uh, it's just, you know, <laughs> oh, ah. yeah, there's, there's, you know, running oh, no. might be over. You, Sorry, you, that's, that's no good, but hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, everything's okay with, with yes. that, that person, but all right. Yeah. So anyways, that, that was our, that was our 4th of July. And that's was- lovely. That's lovely. Mine was much less eventful. Uh, mine, my, 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 my bucking Bronco was my elbow moving from the table to my mouth with my glass of tequila. So that was, that well, was, what really was your the- tequila uh, before we <clears throat> move on? What was your, you know, you're a big tequila guy, not, maybe I am. not as big as Jay bear, but you're, you're, you're up there. Uh, I'm, well, I don't haven't made it a career like Jay has. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I did have a, uh, I had two uh, lovely brands of the new brands. Well, not new for me, but but you know, they're 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 brands of tequila. Uh, one is called Mandala, um, which is it's one of those that comes in a uh, beautiful ceramic bottle and it's shaped like a giant coin. Um, it's a fantastic tequila. That was my sort of fancy gift to myself, if you will, uh, for my birthday. Uh, and then I, you know, and then speaking of, uh, of tequilas that, uh, that Jay Bear, Jay Bear actually recommended this like years ago to me, um, which has become one of my go-tos, which is a, it's a brand called San Matias. Okay. Um, and they make a, they make an Añejo and they make a Reposado and they make a, a Blanco. And I really love their Añejo. He actually recommended the Reposado to me and I, I tried the Añejo and I just fell in love with it. It's fantastic. So that's my, that's my go-to tequila for just like everyday stuff. So I had that and then I had the Mandala for a special 4th of July treat. 
That sounds wonderful. We have yeah, a lot of tequila lovely. in this house right now because when when Jay did his tasting at CEX, Creator Economy Expo, we had oh. some leftover. And uh, apparently uh, the bottles were lost. We don't know how the bottles made their way to our house. I see. Still, I see. nobody knows this. Nobody. It's the it's the magic of inventory. Whoever does inventory Something has happened. a special yeah. power. That's correct. Something happened. We told, yeah, we, we told the convention center. We, we don't, I don't know <laughs> what happened. They just right? magically appeared. And not, I can't is. take them. I can't actually take them back. No. Because that would be wrong. That, that, uh, that would be wrong. <laughs> that would definitely be wrong. All right. Shall we? Uh, All right. Shall yes. We let's dive week? into this because we have a lot to talk about uh, this week. Yes, indeed. Um, and uh, for all of you who tweeted at us and emailed us, I mean, it was it was definitely the tsunami of audience feedback this week. So, hey, thank you very much. We love that. Um, that was so much fun so to good. get so many of your voicemails and so many emails and uh, at before Thursday with the the tweets and then after. Uh, Thursday, the, uh, the the wonderful threads that we got, you know, talking about this. But anyway, here we go. Pulling the thread, what we'll talk about here in just a minute is that the Twitter competitor is here from our friend Mark Zuckerberg, and it's called Threads. And we'll talk through all of our experience so far because we've both had a chance, as we mentioned, to sign up and get into it. And meanwhile, well, Twitter is having a very, 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 very bad uh, week and a half. Um, Elon definitely, uh, by the way, Elon's review is in of Threads, and he says this effing sucks. Um, unclear whether he's was talking he on, about himself was he on or Twitter? the Was he on Twitter? Yes, he was, was he on. talking yeah. about Twitter? Was he talking he, about Threads? We don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know. It's the, hard the tweet, to tell, actually. The tweet was three words, basically, um, which was this effing sucks. So, uh, Really unclear. What was okay? Yeah, so many, so many, so many, so many questions, Joe. Yes. Really, yeah. so many questions. Uh, and then, so we'll talk about Twitter and their troubles, including the fact that uh, the tweet deck is now a blue checked only tool. The fact that uh, they've now got data rates and caps uh, in terms of what both verified and non verified users can can actually see and read. And then, of course, the the fact that uh, they are now backtracking on a original policy, which was that it wasn't going to be publicly available if you weren't part of Twitter, all the content, and now seem to be backing off of that stance to say, yeah, you actually can see, and they're doing that very quietly, of course. And then, you know, uh, elsewhere in the social media universe, Snapchat uh, is very quietly and under the radar reporting that they now have 4 million paid subscribers. So there's a subscription model that seems to be really working, uh, at least for uh, one of the social media platforms that at least I'm not on. Um, and then if we get time... We want to talk a little bit about OpenAI and how this last uh, week they got a lawsuit slapped against them from authors. Uh, authors, the Authors Guild is now suing OpenAI for scraping, as they said, and using, spidering, as it were, all their books, hashtag all their books, and using that for the learning model for uh, ChatGPT. Uh, then we'll get to our Q&A section. We've got a lovely question from Evelyn this week, and then we'll get to our rants and raves where I'm going to, I don't know if it's a rant, it's more of a commentary more than anything else on what's going on with ad spending right now uh, and with the waste and fraud. There's a couple of new reports, and I'll mention that uh, that's out there. Just some interesting things that are going on. Uh, and then Joe, well, he's just going to rave about Margot Robbie. I, that's, I think that's just yeah, it, full story. End of end of sentence, right? Is that, yeah, uh, I think that's that's all that needs to be said. Yeah, there you so go. So a chock a block, a chock a block, filled show. As Let's it were. do this. 
Let's Twitter get into 2.0. it. Something. Here we go. Uh, yeah. Yes, the, yeah. the, we will actually link to the story uh, in Axios, but I mean, you can't throw a rock and not hit a media company that's covering this. In fact, I was just watching the morning news, my local morning news, and they were all of all the newscasters were all a flutter about this. Uh, <laughs> just, I mean, oh, something they something to talk about basically on the morning news. Uh, anyway, the Axios article opens up by saying Meta is promising Thursday, and they made good on that promise, by the way, to launch Threads by Instagram, uh, the Twitter clone, which is basically presenting Twitter with its most serious competition since Elon Musk took ownership of the company in October. Why it matters is a number of smaller rivals, that includes, of course, Mastodon and includes uh, uh, Blue Sky and others, have been challenging Twitter since Elon acquired it, but none have really reached the kind of Twitter scale that uh, they have here. Meta has been preparing threads, apparently, for... Uh, several months, as we've reported on this show before, but of course, uh, now sped up its launch plans because of basically Twitter committing Harry Carey uh, over the last few uh, few weeks. So there you go. I mean, it's the rest of the story basically goes on to talk about um, the launch plans and whatnot. But you know, the the key here is uh, I got a chance to play with it. I don't know what you think of it so far, but it feels very 2008 right now. I mean, it feels. T- you know, just like when Twitter launched it, the content is great. There's uh, friends and family. I'm seeing like tweets and, you know, threads and all sorts of things from people that are I haven't seen in months uh, on Twitter. So it, it was fun. I had a good two hours of playtime last night with it, and it was just really fun. Well, it's yes, you're I think whatever. Yeah, I think I joined in late 2007 Twitter. 2008, yeah, whatever the case is, it felt very much like, oh yeah, it's clean. First of all, I did not, I did not think this was going to happen. I, <laughs> well, thought, I was going to save that part. <laughs> yeah, I thought for sure that uh, Zuck was just blowing smoke on this whole thing. But if you really look into it now, I mean, I'm just just looking at some of the numbers uh, from what I can gather. Yeah, it's, it's been 24 hours. They have more than 10 million people that have already signed up for this thing, which is really easy to do. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you right? just basically say yes. You, you say you, yes. You, you go to your Instagram account, yeah, and you and, say and yes. You sign it up, and you can port everything over, and you can follow all the people you were following, and you're done. So this is the advantage that Meta has over anything at Blue Sky or whatever. They already have the built-in audience. Exactly. It's funny. I was looking Which at, was my point, by the way. That was my I point. Oh, I know. I know. But here's where, okay, I'm changing... <laughs> I'm changing. I got um, I got a, a call from a journalist on this about my my thoughts on this whole thing. Why are they and, calling you and not me? What? First uh, of all, wait a minute. A really, that's a really good good point uh, because uh, because you have better thoughts than I do. Uh, uh, well, uh, I certainly have more advanced thoughts than maybe. You. I'm not sure that yeah, they're I better. Basically but just they're... well, I've made a living off of taking your thinking and making it my own. <laughs> that's an I've, absolute I've done, fact. I've done pretty yes. pretty well with this. Very good. If all right. Anyway, you had a journalist. The, yeah. Well, if you but Meta does not have threads doesn't have to or nor should they try to monetize this anytime. Right. Soon. Right. They it, from from the I'm gonna. I like the loyalty play as part. Another touch point that you have, uh, you're creating a community around there a little bit different than Instagram that you can think about. Oh, I want to, I want to talk to basically the thinking is if you want to talk to people and have a conversation, use thread. If you want to share your stuff, your pictures, you use Instagram. But the, 
the big uh, issue that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, or maybe they are, and I haven't paid attention. Th- this is a data grab. I mean, they. Oh, oh, it's yeah. It is. I mean, it is obscene. The amount of things to to run. Away, we're running away from Elon so quickly when it comes to Twitter. We are we are just jumping into Zuck's lap, and they're t- he's he's taking all the data, yep. and he's going to get it. And what's my, my I'm going to have a new prediction here. I wanted to run this prediction by you. Sure. Here's I looked this up. Twitter has 450 <laughs> million active users right now. Yeah. I don't know how many of those are bots, but let's sure. just take yeah. it for what it is. United States users uh, says there's about 70 million U.S. users as part of that. Yeah. I think that by the end of July, so what's that, three weeks, that threads could have as many or more users than U.S. Twitter user. By the way, Threads is no good in in Europe right now. They can't get through. The, That's they correct. Can't figure out the whole data thing, which is the well, they're already stri- well, they're yeah, yeah, they're already having problems with Facebook, right? So, yeah, they they're uh, it's not a surprise here that they've that they've said, well, let's just hold off on that. Let's settle what we're doing with Facebook before we introduce yet another complication to the to the to the situation. I get why they're not offering it up in the EU right now, right or rightly or wrongly from your perspective. And, and by the way, as a beta test, no need to do that. Right, that's right. That's exactly problems, right. Work on. I mean, th- there's already been. I mean, how many people have you seen? And I was I was just on it this morning for about an hour, just trying to figure out what's different. And it's not a lot different. But everybody's saying, "Here's what I would like to see in Threads 2.0. Here's the update. I want yep. emojis. I want thread. I want whatever yeah, DMs. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. So they're, you know, they don't need to come out with that right now. They can come out with it. They don't. I think, well, I think your point about it being a loyalty play is the, is, is the, is the key to the kingdom right there. I mean, the, the, you, they do not. Now we'll see if they can resist the urge, right. To uh, start offering up ad tools uh, on this thing. But I think, because guess what? The, guess what the first thing I did this morning, once I started to see the reaction, the, the traction, the, I mean, it's got a lot of hype right now. And yeah. even Adam Oseri uh, from, from Instagram, obviously, has said, hey, listen, it's, you know, there's a lot of hype right now. This, is, this wave's going to die down. So just, you know, everybody, you know, everybody take a breath, right? Um, and so, and that's true. I mean, that'll, that'll, the, the hype will die down over the next couple of weeks here as, as, as sort of the early adopters, meaning you and me and basically the people that we associate with. Yeah. <clears throat> so... You know, if you look at Instagram's total audience, uh, which I forget how how big Two, it is, but two point three five billion. There you go, active users. There you go. So they only need to get you know a, a very small percentage of that to say yes, basically to come mm-hmm. over, and then very much like Twitter, it will be the eighty twenty rule where 20% of the people create content and 80% of the people lurk and, and, and do those kinds of things there. So it's going to be a small number of people for the foreseeable future who are a smaller number of people who are going to be actually active on threads and doing things. But your point about the data and the loyalty thing is key because the first thing I did this morning was to go and purchase the meta verified thing because it was like, yep, now, because I see everybody with the with their threads little check yeah. And I'm like, I want my check because I don't want people to take away or have these, you know, sort of spammers, which are basically uh, running rampant a bit on Instagram right now. And we've talked about this on the show. Sure. So now 
as Instagram sort of elevates its profile a little bit with with you know the addition of a new service called Threads, and Threads has a separate interface where you can actually you know I because my Instagram is really for my personal stuff. Like all I do is share like vacation photos and stuff like that. But Threads could be a Twitter replacement for me, so I can go do business stuff on there, and then occasionally put in sort of the my my stuff from Instagram. So I can keep those two. You have a choice, right? You can keep them completely separate. Or you can actually integrate them completely. But the data play there is that now guess how, guess how my Instagram feed starts to be manipulated just a bit by my usage of threads, right? So I'm going to start seeing more business content, already seeing it, right? If I go on Instagram this morning, I'm already starting to see the people or, or content that is much more akin to my uh, followers on threads than I am ever before. So you can already start to see it affecting the way that content is going to be displayed, which only gives a incentive for more people to sign up for the subscription because it's a better product, a deeper product, a stickier product, and b the ability for uh, people to have either one social network that they you know, like you say, put your conversations here, promote your photos there, or both, right? So it's 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 just it's it was always, I think, and it's such an easy move for them that it just, it's not a, it, it's just, it wasn't, it was a no brainer to do this well, because it's just that the audience is there for the taking. Where, where I had it, I hate, I hate being wrong. Yeah. I hate being wrong. But where I had it wrong and what I said, which I stand by, the Twitter business model is terrible. Why would Meta want to take the Twitter business model? But they aren't. And if they don't, it's beautiful, right? That's if right. You could, you could just consider it a data play, loss leader. You, you, they don't ever have. That's the difference. Is Elon has to monetize Twitter. Uh, Zuck, Masari, whatever. They don't. They do not have to monetize Threads in any way. They could keep it this way forever. That's right. Completely free. Come on in. Do. It's like it'd be like a gateway drug for some people into the other platforms. It's well, think of it like this. Think of it like think of it like Disney Plus, right? the The goal is to ultimately get you to subscribe to Disney Plus. One of the shows that they put on Disney Plus, let's call it Threads in this case, could literally be a lost leader, right? It's yeah. just another programming element of the overall broader subscription product. That's right. So they, they only need to now we'll see again. I think it's all TBD because Met is not known for their, let's just say discernment. Um, and so there's, there's a lot to unpack here as we start to get into this, including data and privacy, which is already starting to be covered in some of the mo more mainstream media outlets to say, well, the data stuff that, you know, behind the scenes here is, is pretty icky. Um, and we'll see if they have the discernment to not immediately start to throw targeted advertising at it or something like that. Because oh, it could, it's, it, it, I mean, you can see the salespeople at Instagram frothing at the mouth saying basically, hey, yeah, here's another, here's another set of digital real estate that we could go sell. But you got to remember, too, and if you watch Social Network, this was a critical part of the movie. Zuckerberg said, no, we, we do not want to monetize this yet. I mean, how long for how long did he he didn't want to monetize it ever? He's like, no, no, no. We want to got to keep it cool. We want to keep growing. The last thing we want to do is put an ad on this thing. Yeah. Of course, later down the road, Facebook became what it is. But yeah. they, he does not have to do this. With, so he has that in, in his DNA, if you will. The one thing I wanted to get your take on, 
did when you were signing up, it said to join threads. Did you read the little thing on the Fediverse? Did you I read did. That? I did read that. I thought that so was just, interesting. Just to the throw this in, out, yeah. I, I took a picture of it so I could read it. Future versions of threads will work with the Fediverse, a new type <clears> of social media network that allows people to follow and interact each other on different platforms like Mastodon. I yes. just thought that that was fascinating if it's, this could be something that brings it all together and uh well it's interesting yeah because i mean by the way you can also cross you can cross post already to twitter like if you want to use threads to post to twitter you certainly can do that um but how long is that gonna last we'll, we'll see how long <laughs> it's about yeah. ready to say you can't link it all that's right no, no threads posts over that's here. right right christopher penn had a great post on this last night on threads where he said hey you better go you know go update your bio with your threads id on twitter so that people can find you uh he said oh, and we'll see how long that lasts before the man baby basically uh blocks that but i it's such a great point that if they can actually, if, you know, and we will see again if the Fediverse takes off, but Blue Sky, both Blue Sky and Mastodon purport themselves to be, you know, Fediverse friendly, as it were. Yeah. Mastodon certainly more now than, than Blue Sky, but we'll see, you know, if that starts to take place. But if you can start to interact, right, with people on your own private Fediverse, in other words, your own private server on Mastodon, for example, where you have maybe a community or something, but you can actually see and interact with threads, it'll be, that will be a really interesting evolution of where social media can go. Yeah. I mean, so just wrapping this up, yeah, it's, it's been 24 hours, so let's not, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because, uh, what, what didn't we feel the same about Ello or something at one time? Or no, <laughs> we never. We did not feel the same about Ello. We, <laughs> we did not. Did. We did not feel the we same did. about Ello. A lot of people no. did. They're like, oh, it feels like you know early no. days social media. Yeah. So I, I, the only thing that I've clout is that clout is the is the is the thing that I think is probably the closest to the buzz that yeah, this has may, gotten. Maybe, but yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, I think that I think that what we've really learned from this whole thing is that. <laughs> Twitter's renewed valuation of from whatever it was 20 billion from 44 billion is even worth less than that. It's going to be just, a rough week. Yeah, I mean what was the what was the developer meeting? So so Zuck gets in a room with the developers and says, "Okay, don't overthink it. Just create a basic Twitter, but we call it Threads." Done. Yeah. I and by the way, I don't think did. this is I I think contrary to what seems to be popular belief, I don't think this is Zuck at all. I, I think this is all Maseri. I think this is I think this is Maseri ha- having a good time. It's fine, but if I see any more of his uh, videos where he's laying in bed, <laughs> I I can't take it. I'm totally blocking that. Dude. Oh like, my god! Come on, man! Like you know, it's totally staged. Yeah, but you, you don't. He doesn't want to come off as that's the worst type of. Film. I know, I know. The lighting is just come too on. good, and the oh, whole thing. Yeah, like, don't, like, don't 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 go yeah, there. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't, don't do <laughs> that's that. very funny. Um, well, speaking of no good, horrible, bad weeks, uh, yeah, Twitter. Uh, we'll just we'll cover a couple of different things here uh, on Twitter. Um, having a bad week because this is just it was like the perfect storm of time to launch this. But basically, the first thing is is that they've quietly backtracked. So they announced this idea that they're going to pull 
access from Google to be able to spider the results of Twitter as well as non uh, users to be able to see any Twitter content at all. Um, but basically very quietly in the last few days have backed off of that. And this story coming to us courtesy uh, of Engadget, um, basically uh, on this. But there's also the rate limits, which also happened over the last week and a half, where Elon came out and basically said, well, if you're a Twitter verified user, you can have, I'm going to get these numbers wrong because they keep switching every day, um, 1,000 tweets um, or 600 tweets or 6,000 tweets or 600 tweets. And if basically, if you're verified, you can see a lot. And if you're unverified, you can't see very much at all. They, yeah. they all seemed relatively high to me. And it was like, basically, if you're looking at 1,000 tweets a day, you probably need to get outside and see some sunshine. But, but yeah, uh, but otherwise... People were up in arms about that. The one thing that I know a lot of people, especially in marketing, were really upset about is that now TweetDeck is a blue check only tool. Um, and so pulling that behind the blue verified, trying to give some sort of value for buying the subscription and getting a blue check and basically only making TweetDeck available um, is is really angering a lot of people um, that utilize TweetDeck for their business and for a lot of what it is they do. So. It just wasn't a good week for Elon all the way how around. Did, I, the th this happened relatively quickly, but remember how Mark Zuckerberg was maybe the most hated person in the world, and the best thing to ever happen to him <laughs> has been Elon Musk. Yeah, exactly. He's, I mean, just look at just sucked you, all the negative air out of the room. I, yeah, I don't know what the approval ratings are on these people, but it's gone. It's completely diverged. Where everyone yeah. used to love Elon and hate. Mark Zuckerberg, and it's totally seemed to flip. Like, we feel bad for Mark. Oh, he went through this tough time and renaming and the, the billions that he spent on the metaverse thing, and it didn't work and whatever. And then you got yeah. Elon, evil Elon doing all these things. And now everybody's like, oh, okay, well, look. I, I, I'm not sure how many thing. people feel bad for him. I'm not sure how many people feel bad for him right now. I mean, he's, no, no, no. People do. Yeah. There are a couple people. <laughs> people that, do. There, there are a couple, couple of people. folks out there that feel bad <laughs> for Mark Zuckerberg. He has too much money. Well, that's 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 not untrue right yeah that there you go that he does he definitely has more money i mean i don't feel like he's you know i think it's it's funny it if you had predicted at the beginning of the year when everybody was so down on zuckerberg for having the you know very much uh don quixote uh, idea around the metaverse and where that was going and basically was spending money hand over fist and everybody was like that's the dumbest idea ever don't do it don't do it and he was sort of hell bent for leather yeah um you know the but the but now as he seems to have backed off of that the stock price has come back quite a More bit and come back yeah i mean it's, it's been, been it's been quite incredible. amazing yeah, yeah and the solid performance that they were always going to have basically they just didn't they didn't manage the narrative very well, right? They just didn't manage the narrative of all that very well. And so now they seem to be getting their arms around managing the narrative a bit better um, about what he's doing and what he's up to. And, and certainly letting the, I mean, maybe it is, maybe I'm wrong. And this whole thing was Zuckerberg's idea and all of that. I just don't think it was. I think Zuckerberg has not been paying attention to this at all. I think this was all Adam Mosseri. Um, and basically say, hey, we could, you know, basically, go, I'm sure he got Zuck's permission to do this, but, you know, basically going, hey, listen, this is something we can knock out in a couple of weeks. Let's just do this. And 
see see what happens and you know run fast and break things and if it works it works and if it doesn't we go oops we tried right but uh, you know so i think this was they're they're managing the narrative around this a lot better well i think i i don't know i think it's i think it's mark zuckerberg and he said let's get back to what we're good at let's take people's data and pit <clears throat> humanity against each other and they're focusing exactly <laughs> on what they're really good at doing fair enough meta's yeah. back folks facebook yeah. is back it's cool again although i did ask my my oldest child i said is anybody talking about uh, the whole threads thing with the younger population or is this just you know people people that were on twitter in 2007 finding something new and and they were saying uh everybody's on discord is saying here's where you can find me on threads oh well that's surprising actually yeah, that's so uh, that's actually that. surprising there's a lot yeah i was surprised too because i was i was looking of course i i don't follow a lot of younger folks on, on instagram yeah so as i ported everything older over i'm seeing all you know all the same people that i followed for 20 sure years. of course so I, but but apparently there are younger folks that are aware that this has happened. So um, it's 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 quite interesting. I I think that's that's actually surprising to me to hear that because I would have thought that this is basically your your but, but, your yeah. Well, well, on a serious note, I'm under the assumption that the people that put money into helping Elon purchase Twitter for 44 billion, they're going to have to mark this down again. So when that markdown oh, happens again, holy that's, smokes, that's a tragic event. That, it's that, this so. You you could literally make the case that Twitter is worth less than five billion dollars from four. I don't think you need to make that case very hard. Yeah, it's going to be so. But there's some people I think Fidelity and a couple whatever the the J.P. Morgan I forgot who invested with Elon in this whole thing, but they they've already been in there and marked it down to the current valuation, which is I think between seventeen and twenty billion. You mark that down significantly more. Um, you're at the point where it might be better for Elon and at all to just shut the whole thing down, sell it for parts. Yeah. I think that's so. not unlikely. I think it is unlikely, but not, un, not, not that it's, unlikely. It's a possibility. I, it's yeah. definitely a possibility. Will remain, but, but the, the fact is, <clears throat> I think it's possible that he takes the whole thing over, right? He basically goes, ah, just let me, you know, stop. He just did to, just to avoid the phone calls. Well, he basically he do that now because Tesla stock, has oh it's just been again yeah it's just so, been on it's been on a tear right yeah, so, so i he mean could, he could literally do yeah. that now he could sell more tesla but you know what sometimes it's just better to say no it's it's like how much money and um concentration does he want to put after this thing that, uh, you're underestimating you're underestimating the ego of that billionaire as what you're doing i mean he i mean this is him, just i can't yeah. it's it's hard to believe we're talking about twitter for it being as small as it is. It's, all, yeah. it's not a lot of yeah. people. This does no. not affect a lot of people in the world. That's right. But we talk about it like it does. That's right. Well, as as our friend Jay Bear has often said, uh, with Twitter, it's not how many, it's who. It's who. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's move on to another story because oh, sure. we've we've covered this uh, we we ad nauseum. Um, but in other social media news, uh, Snapchat, which has very quietly been really running a successful... 2023 in the background here is now set to announce that they've drawn 4 million paid subscribers in its in the first year of their launch which is just really interesting this uh a story coming to us courtesy of axios as well 
And basically said Snapchat on Thursday, which, you know, just got lost in the in the in the other news, uh, will announce that a subscription service Snapchat Plus uh, has reached four million paid subscribers in its first year. Uh, why it matters, of course, says Axios, is because getting users to pay for social media services that they've grown accustomed to, uh, getting for free is not easy, as Elon has learned about that. Snapchat's showing it can work with the right offering at the right price point, $3.99 monthly. Uh, they basically released Snapchat Plus in June of 2022, so ostensibly just over a year ago as a way to offer its most loyal users access to experimental and pre-released features. Two months later, more than a million users had signed up, and then to date, as they've just announced, four million users have been there. In that time, they've launched a couple of more features to the subscription product, including a first look at its new AI-powered chatbot. The article goes on to talk about the big picture here, and basically this, uh, you know, as social networks have reached their maturity, Snapchat may be still, you know, don't count them out, basically. Snapchat is... Yep. Is having a thing uh, at the moment. What do you What do you think? I'm not a Snapchat user, so it's a little hard for me to. No, I have to, to judge this. My kids, uh, and I, all I try to do is observe because yeah. I'm I'm an old guy now. I don't. How, what do I know about these things? But they they use it um, like we use texting and messaging. Right. That's and right. It's a very personal way to communicate because they're the connections with individuals. Of course, they have these streaks, and you've got to keep the streaks going. And actually, what's funny because I was talking with my youngest about this happened. I don't know what it was. was Someday wasn't what wasn't on his phone for some reason and lost a 350 day streak with somebody and was devastated about it and said, Oh, I would love to have that back and would pay money, (laughs) would pay money, probably buy this subscriber (laughs) service, the plus service to get that streak back. So it's almost like, I think we compare snap to something like an Instagram and it's not. It's yeah, really that it's the, more a DM. It's, it's more it's, of a messaging. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's like WhatsApp. It's more yeah, of it's a like WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yeah, so I think that's that's where um, the possibility is there. And, and also, even though it's much different than TikTok, the the beneficiaries of the semi revolt against TikTok because of the data or the or the Chinese ownership or whatever will will benefit Snapchat more than most anybody else. I, I see. Think. Yeah, I think that's. So, We'll, we'll see where they, I mean, it's great. I, again, they, they launched it a year ago and they, you know, they didn't come out with a big splash. They just said, okay, here's some additional services for you. And if they come up with some ways to customize your communication one-on-one with other people, which is what people are using that for, it's going to be a benefit. Yeah, I think, well, I think, you know, to your point to me, when it was, I mean, I, I always bring it up. Um, it's one of my favorite lessons that I've learned in the, in the last decade really was, you know, when we talked about the newspaper business and you very rightly corrected me on the New York Times and the rest of the newspaper world saying basically, no, 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 they're not dying, they're right-sizing, right? And I think in many ways, what we're seeing now in social media, and this includes, by the way, threads, Twitter, Snapchat, you know, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, they're all getting to right-sized, right? So they're all that you know the 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 very smaller ones will be niche little networks that do their thing and Snapchat may just be a niche network that makes money over on the side and it's not going to meant it's not meant to topple Facebook it's always meant to be a very thing to have young people manage their DMs through and so when and but basically at some point they grow out of it right they grow out of it into something else and so um, we'll we'll see I think is 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 very much the 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 key here it, it reminds me very much 
of the early days, and when I say early days, I mean the decade uh, of uh, cable, the early days of cable networks, where cable networks were very much focused in on a specific demographic, right? They were the, uh, the content was extremely niche and focused in on that demographic. So mm-hmm. you just didn't see the same artists on MTV as you saw on VH1. And, you know, all I need to do is name those brands and you can immediately, from the 1980s and 90s, those brands, who, what they represented. And of course, that demographic was pure. And the idea was, the marketing idea, and, and I know this because I worked there, was basically all of those people who become fans of MTV, we just cross-promote VH1 and then they become VH1 fans. Um, and so you just follow them, right? So you start them with Nick Jr., then you get them at Nick at Night, then you get them to Nickelodeon, then you get them to MTV, then you get them to VH1, and you just follow the demographic as it ages, right? So you just follow the, the, you know, the whole... Uh, you know, the cohort of your audience through their, you know, and that's the idea here is, is that you can, you can build social media networks to be a very similar idea. Yeah. I mean, there's like, Pinterest is a good example, right? Yeah. There's a role. Pinterest is some amazing results that they've had uh, financial results lately. So they're making it work and they, you don't have to have everybody. That's Not right. Everything has to be Facebook or Instagram. It doesn't have to be the big, you know, we're social media for all. You can yeah. fit these little things. And Twitter's shown that for a lot of years it worked really well. Now we've got, you know, threads only has to do a small portion of lifting for yeah. meta. Doesn't have to do the whole thing. And it's Snapchat. I mean, I I, I it's funny because I I've been a Snapchat uh shareholder for a long, long time. This is not a financial show, by the way, but I've been a, a shareholder <laughs> of Snapchat for a long time. And yeah. it really, I mean, it did fantastically well. I don't know if you remember. This is back oh, in yeah. 14, 15. Remember, I hated Snapchat. I'm like, sure, it's going to go down. It's going to go down. And it did. And it totally plummeted. And then when it went down to a couple bucks, I'm like, oh, okay, well, this this is definitely coming back. And it did. And then it went down again. And right now, it actually looks really interesting as an investment. Because sure. I think they've just, they've, they've cut out the fat. Um, they know what they're focused on. They're focused on this, this demo to your point, this demographic and they're going for it. And I, I think it's theirs to take. Yeah. So, and it stops being a growth stock and it starts being a value stock at it's some point. It's stock. like <laughs> Snapchat is value stock. It's like buying, you know, general motors or something. Exactly. Like that. More, that's a bad it's, example, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, all right. We're going to skip the last story for time here because we need to get to our Q and a, um, we, we have a we wonderful voicemail that was sent to us. We had a, a number, by the way, this week we had a, a number of voicemails. So thank you for that. Always great to get your updates. Uh, and you know who I'm talking about out there. If you know I'm talking about you, your updates have, uh, was, is always wonderful. Keep them coming. Um, yeah. Keep them, keep those voicemails coming. We really, really love them. Love hearing you, the dulcet sounds of your voice. Um, and so this one comes from Evelyn Hoover. And Evelyn has an interesting question from our last episode, their special episode. So maybe we can play that. Here we go. This is Evelyn Hoover. I'm with MSPC, uh, an agency based in uh, St. Paul in Minneapolis, and was listening to last week's podcast, which I loved, by the way. And during it, Robert talked about upping the game when it comes to email newsletters. So I wondered if you had specific advice for how to do that or what things to consider if someone is contemplating changes to their email newsletter. So look forward to hearing more and love the podcast. Thank you, Evelyn. Uh, Since this was your, um, it was one of your keys. Well, 
to, was to it? our special episode. I think it was you it? that actually brought it up. That was the the idea of email newsletters. Yeah, because I went back and Did actually I steal your idea again. Is that what I? No, no, I no. I think um, uh, you got on a tear because I went actually because we got another question that was just you know interesting. Let's put it that way uh, about this whole email discussion we had, which I I was like. Really? Did we say that? And I went back and actually listened to the show, and eh, we, we didn't say that. We didn't say it. Um, but it was your. It was one of your things to pay attention to, which was sort of how email is evolving, right? The the idea of email is evolving, and uh, we talked about how, like in 2011 and 2012, everybody had a blog, and now everybody has an email newsletter. And you're you were basically saying it needs to be great, right? It yep. needs to, you know it, the, the, if you're doing an email newsletter, it needs to be great. And I think her question is basically centered on that idea of okay, well, what does that mean, right? You know because I talked about the idea of email, the addressability of things evolving and, and what does email even mean now? And I think, so I'll, my, my, my take at this is that the two things that Evelyn touches on in her question, which is, you know, from a B2B perspective, uh, I think we're a ways off, right? I think the thing to pay attention to is how email is evolving as an addressable idea. I don't think it's going away. I don't think it's dying, by the way. I don't think email is dying as a technology. But it's certainly, as we can see, beginning to evolve with filters uh, and auto responses. And AI is only going to have an effect on that about how we organize. Already, I can, you know, my, my outlook inbox does an amazing job of sorting automatically sorting email by things that i want things that i interact with and it automatically does that based on my consumption of the email mm-hmm. and it's yeah. pretty darn good so i think that evolution of what that even means is, is a key thing to how do you stand out in the inbox right how do you actually stand out in someone's habit of what they do and from a b2b perspective it's a little different, right? Because it's not our personal email address. It's not our Gmail. It's not um, typically that. It's going to be some sort of corporate email situation for the most part. Um, and so I, I think that gets to the second point, which is how do you be great? Is that you've got to find, uh, this is my own personal, and I, by the way, I'm struggling with this right now. This is a big question that I struggle with in our email that we that we send every week, which is how do you not just copy someone, but yet offer something that's entertaining as well as informative and useful, but also in a way sort of that stands out. That's st- in other words, it, the the headline, the the subject, of the you're, you're from. I love what Anne Hanley says, uh, and and Michael Barber also talks about this in email marketing, which is the from is much more important than the than the subject line, and so. There's so much to think about when it comes to how you create content that stands out in that sea of noise. I think the the the, the best thing that I have found um, so far, anyway, is keeping it really simple, but just a disproportionate amount of value versus talking about um, the company or the you know the whatever it is. Even to the point where you're offering value on things that are outside the brand or the product, et cetera, right? Trying to figure out what an email publication looks like so that it delivers value that's completely orthogonal to what the product or the brand is so that your that your your main objective is to keep that audience engaged and subscribed and wanting to see your email. Because then when you occasionally do mix in the interesting product or brand message, 
it, it can it, it can work better. That, I mean, I know that's not a terribly great answer, but uh, I think it's a it's one that honestly we're all learning together. Well, I think some of what you said talks to is this email vehicle unique and differentiated among everything else that's out there. Right. I mean, from when I when we go into corporations and we look at their email strategies, most of them are terrible. Of because course. Because it's generally abstract link to stuff that they already do. They're everywhere. So, so, you're, so I see the value there. It's like you're sending this to a customer or an audience and like, yeah, so you don't have to sift through all the stuff. Here's the five articles this week or here's the video or whatever. And I think that type of email is going away. That's I think, right. I, I think that you your email in and of itself has to be, wow, This you're going to deliver something that they can't get anywhere else. And you're right. right. It's a big struggle. That's I right. That in my in my Joe Polizzi newsletter, we struggle with it with the tilt. Can we give something of unique value to uh, to focus on what that audience's outcome is? What do they really want? That's How right. can we make their life better, their job better in some way? And that the email has to do that. It can't just be an also ran. And I think most organizations treat it that way. Oh, okay, email, whatever. Well, they they treat it like it's the news about us, right? They they yeah. treat it like it's the news, you know. So, in other words. What you can make you can make the assumption that any audience that wants to hear the news about you, your brand, has basically already gotten it. In other words, if they're interested in that, they've already received it and they already know the news. They've either gotten it in an update that they subscribe to via search, or they've gone out proactively and searched it and learned it. So you reminding them of the your latest new employees or your latest product release or your latest thing or whatever that B2B brand is you know doing typically, which is usually on demand and basically thought of at the last minute. It's like, who's got news? Well, let's talk about the latest case study. Great. That's a bullet point. Who's got news? Oh, let's talk about the new VP that was hired. That's great. We actually, you know, we went to a trade show. Great. All that stuff is already known by the audience that cares. All you're doing is sending news that to either people who don't care or already know about it and don't care. Well, that's that's I think it's so important that you separate the corporate news from the content brand. Exactly. And that's where most corporations don't. They're, they right. they treat them as the same thing. Oh, it's email. We can talk about all this stuff. No, you can't. You should right. not be talking about what's I mean unless that's what it's for and they particularly describe for updates from XYZ company. And that's what they want. No, great. If that's what they're going to do. But you you have a different content brand and a particular audience and a different editorial mission for this newsletter product. So figure out that. And, that, and, I, and maybe that's, you know, this is really getting down to basics, but you have to figure out, okay, this newsletter, who is it going to? Who is the persona that this goes to? Mm-hmm. What are their informational pain points? Oh, and what's the editorial calendar that goes along with that? Treat it like you're a media company. Duh. Right. Just keep going to, to, to that way. The other thing that I would just say from a promotional thing, and then we'll get on to the rest of the show here, is people that are on using email subscribe to other emails through that same format. Through They'll say, oh, I saw this email. Okay, they're promoting this email newsletter. I'm going to get it right. that way. Uh, if we started talking about somebody else's podcast, that's a good way promotion tool. We're on a podcast talking about somebody else's podcast. So once you have a differentiated, really valuable newsletter, then you figure out, oh, okay, where's my audience hanging out? What other newsletters do they in- 
subscribe to, engage in. And that's where you'll want to work on partnerships and referral deals with those people. Make a list of 10 to 20 where your customers or your audience is hanging out and do some deals where, hey, I'll promote yours if you promote mine. And that's where you'll you'll lead to to new subscribers. And that it, if you're a YouTuber, what do you do? You get on other YouTube shows. It's the same. It's the right. same thing. You don't necessarily say, "I'm going to promote my email newsletter on my uh, on my YouTube channel or my Instagram." Well, not not generally great. Not generally a great way to do it. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Evelyn. I hope that answers your question. Thank um, you, Evelyn. I know it was a little obtuse uh, the answers there, but um, it's that's it's, what you. Yeah, you should, ex- Evelyn. You know, you're going to get obtuse answers from us. Yeah, that's, you're going to get nothing but, but ob- you. obtusity. Keep them coming. Yeah. Obtusity. Um, <laughs> By the way, we've gotten so many tagline suggestions um, that use the word journalizing, um, which is just, I don't know, my inner 17-year-old just like, you know, anyway. Was it journalizing? Is that what I said? That's what it was. No, I said it and and and, oh, and you made fun of me for saying it. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I said, yeah. Yeah. Get, out of the, get out of the room. Stop yeah. journalizing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Anyway, let's get, rants, let's get to our rants and raves <laughs> section. But before we get to rants and raves, I do want to remind you that we have uh, uh, basically a wonderful website at thisoldmarketing.com where we've got the video version of this show. We've got uh, or links to the video version of this show, which, of course, you can see on YouTube. You can also subscribe, by the way, to Joe's Tilt newsletter uh, and uh, My Little Experience Advisors newsletter, which goes out now weekly. We're on Substack, so we're excited about that. Um, and then you can also, of course, enjoy the other 382 uh, hours of chuckle-headed goodness that we try and offer each and every week. Um, by the way, we didn't settle the bet, but um, you know, there's there's some sort of settling of the bet that we should have here at some point. What, what did um, what did we bet? Uh, we didn't. We did. We didn't really. I mean, it was there was. The, and we just sort of bet. Rights. I, I already know. said that I was wrong. Like yeah. how much? Hey. How, I mean, how much really more do you want that from I me? admit yeah. defeat? Exactly. What do you people want from me? I'm oh my down. goodness! I've fallen off the bull. That's Many right. times. That's right. What do you want me to do? Do you want All me right. to go first? Yeah, mine? I want you to go first. Right. Yeah, you do, because it's, I need to put this up on the screen just because. It's, well, uh, why not? Margo, I mean, why wouldn't Margo you? Robbie. Yes, and of this course. is it's been covered by this is Insider, but it's been covered by many, and I, I you know that. Uh, that the the new Barbie movie is coming out. Are you going to see this, Robert? I totally am. I'm so I, I I mean I'm oddly excited for it. I because it looks funny. It looks I it looks great. I, it looks like a great movie. I can't wait. I, and and I just and it, maybe it's because uh, I love when people commit to an outfit and it's part of their marketing. Of course, you know yeah. me in, in orange. I wear orange everywhere. I've got of orange course, on yeah. now. I, I, that's my color. And Margot Robbie has been wearing her Barbie outfits, like officially themed like Barbie outfits all over to all these uh, press junkets, which I think is fantastic. So, I mean, just going through, you know, and I'll put it in the show notes where you can see her different outfits that she's been wearing. But I think it's fascinating. I wish that more actors would do this when they're promoting. I mean, wouldn't we, would, I want to see Indiana Jones with the hat and the whip uh, instead of coming out as an old guy? nothing wrong with that he just no no yeah yeah i would just rather see him like totally dive into it and the fact that she did that as far i don't know if they asked her to do that or if she just made the decision but it seems like everywhere she goes she has a barbie outfit it's probably spurring on additional sales or whatever the case is but it's gonna it gets people interested of course they're covering it they're covering the fact that she's in this movie she's wearing all these outfits 
I wish that what's who's playing Ken? Uh, uh, it's Ryan Gosling. Ryan yeah. Gosling. Yeah. Of course, Ken doesn't have much to work with. So <laughs> I guess it would be a little oh, bit harder. Oh my! The, the the button down and the short shorts or whatever whatever Ken wears. But yeah, but the Barbie outfits I I like. I don't know if you agree with that kind of marketing, but I do. I, I'm hundred percent. I mean, there's so much we can learn from the way that media companies, especially in when they do it well, the way that they market a movie. Um, because they almost exclusively do integrated content, right? They do integrate because that's what they've got. They've, that's yeah. that's really what's there, and so you know, there's no buy, buy now to a movie, right? I mean, so you've got to get people interested. So it's almost always about you know make the trailer in, you know uh, entertaining, do entertaining interviews, do entertaining events and stunts. You know, it's all about integrated content that sort of goes beyond what the you know what the uh, what the actual movie is and so how do you do that well you create great content and of course that's what they're good at so it's like that there's so much for us to learn about that which i think is is, it, is really the point it's just i don't know why i just thought of this but i mean i don't know if you go to a july 4th parade but every year we go mm -hmm. and we sit and we so so we take the family we've got a whole group of about 20 adults and kids and we go and watch the parade and this year, as in almost every year, there's judges <laughs> and council people and whatever, and they're all running. And generally, they all do the same. They're just walking in a group. They've got their colors on and their shirts, sure. and they hand out candy. And everyone yep. does the same. And this year, there was one in particular that was riding a bit. The guy, the councilman, was riding a big wheel and doing all kinds of tricks with the big wheel. This is, the, this is our councilman. <laughs> he was doing all these tricks. I'm like, you know, totally on brand for this guy. Wasn't that hard to do? Still nope. giving away the ticks, the 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 candy and the stuff, but but him, I knew exactly who that was. I can never tell like who the person is running because they don't say like I am Judge So and So. I'm like, which one's Judge? It's like everybody's got the same shirt on. So I'm just like, it doesn't take a lot to differentiate, right? Use your juice. Case, in this case, like Margot Robbie to have the ammunition to do this. Yeah. Like I wish in events, it's the same thing. It's like, uh, I know people who like host, host an event out there and they, they wear just a regular outfit. Like, <laughs> can you think about it a little bit? You know, you're putting yeah. on this event. This is a really important experience. You have some assets to work with. So why not use them? Be different. Don't do the same thing. Just think about it a little bit. Use right. your juice. Use your yep. juice. You, you love that line. I do. I do. It's it's a it's been a go to for mine for a long time since it was told to me by a friend. Okay. Uh, very quick commentary, I guess. Here, um, completely. Well, it's actually weirdly uh, segues nicely from our discussion uh, from the whole show. But basically, this is coming courtesy of a Wall Street Journal article. Um, which the uh, the marketing trade group, it's the A&A, by the way, um, that shows ad spending is rife with waste. Uh, the article covers off basically a report from the A&A that shows how much of advertising is bots and false traffic and all that. Basically, this is non-news. Why this is news now um, is... This is uh, from you know, 2014? Is yeah, exactly. From? That's right. What? That's right. Okay. Uh, is amazing to me. Um, I guess the most remarkable piece of this news is the fact that the ANA is actually reporting on it, which they usually are like, well, no, everything's okay here. Everything's, you know, it's the sort of meme. Everything's fine as the house is burning down around them. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to bring up is 
The interesting thing here is that you know any longtime listener of the show has known forever how much I hate programmatic advertising, and this is basically the heart of what the the bots and the false traffic and the the bad traffic, et cetera, is around this. And this is something I actually wrote about for uh, CMI, and in, without seeing this article, by the way, uh, this week because. The other news that came out this week, um, this last week, was a NewsGuard, uh, basically a, a, a reporting software company that looks at newspapers and, and, and the sort of industry there. And what they found was that there's AI is now being used to generate fake news sites where a lot of this mm-hmm. programmatic advertising, so it's they're automated sites. They're basically automated, creating content, um, and they found more than, it's basically gone up astronomically. They had like, you know, 100 and, uh, f- they had 49 a year ago. They now have 217 sites in their database now that are just These are automated. like media sites that are all- Correct, all AI-driven, all basically AI-driven automated, automated news, and there's programmatic advertising served alongside it. Sure. So basically, it's a get-rich-quick scheme to try and scrape content put it out there in an automated way, rank for search, get traffic, you know, triage the or arbitrage the the, the traffic and make money, right? And so here's my, my point of all of this is that, you know, so there's a whole thing that we could talk about with programmatic advertising and why that's problematic and why it's only going to be made worse, not better by AI. Um, but the key that I wanted to bring up for this audience and for us is that you can see it happening now, and you know there's the famous trope that you know marketers ruin everything. Well, this is marketers ruining you know sort of the AI sort of content creation thing with these fake news sites. I guarantee you, in your industry, whoever you are, whether you're an individual content creator or whether you're a big brand in marketing, the content sites, the FAQs, the 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 giant you know a content hub around your particular industry driven by AI, it's coming and it will be coming as fast and as furious as these news sites are. News is easy. News is simple. The industry is going to be a little more difficult because it's going to take a little more effort for them to put together. But mark my words, within the next quarter or two, we are going to see this. And so start thinking today about how you're going to counter that and think about your paid media spend and where that money is going and sure. really reconsider your programmatic spend because it's just a giant waste. Well, I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what, what the time period is, but we're, we're not that far away from 90% of all content created out there is going to be AI generated. Yeah, that's true. generated in some way. That is so, true. So yeah, you you really now now is the opportunity to find your story, right? Yeah, find exactly. Your story, build your this is my brand. Point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look at that because if you don't, you, you, there there probably is a window right now to take advantage of that. But the window that's exactly is, right. Is, no, it's going to be more and more difficult. So yeah, there you go. The only way to fight it is with fire, right? So yeah, yeah. story fire, story. juice, ooh, <laughs> juice fire story, juice. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody right now is More going to GoDaddy juice. and finding out a storyfire.com. You, you need a hat. You need, you know, you I know how you used to wear yeah. your Harvard hat all the time. Yeah. You need like a just that says juice. Juice. You need more juice. Juice. Find your juice. Lean <laughs> into your, your juice. juice. Use your juice. Juice. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. All right. <laughs> what do you got go? What do you got going on? I have work this week. Uh basically, well, I'm gonna enjoy the weekend, of course, but then next week. 
it's back to work and and some good stuff there. We're we're you know we're we're clamoring along here in the summer and um, things are great. Uh, so yeah, just back. It's good. it's really back to work. How about you? Good good. Uh, we have uh, our big family and friends uh, weekend this weekend mm. where we go and we get a house and we we hang out and may have a few beverages may here and yeah. there. But it's a really good time, and we've been doing it for all, for quite a few years. So really looking forward to that, and uh, and then we'll come back. Yeah, next at some, week at some point next yeah. week, and do maybe it all we again. can maybe we can start asking for story ideas on threads. There you go. Uh, I don't know. Thank you all for uh, the wonderful, wonderful attention that you give us each and every week. Um, we really, really do appreciate you, no matter if you're on Threads or Twitter or LinkedIn or here on our wonderful little show. So thank you for that. And we will see you again next week. And before we see you again next week, just remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. See you next week on This Old Marketing. 